Welcome in to episode 96 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I'm happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country for a special edition breaking news podcast. Sean, CJ Frederick is a Kentucky Wildcat. Finally, let's just jump right into it. What are your initial reactions about the highly anticipated edition of the Iowa Sharpshooter? Shooting, shooting, shooting. Uh, Kentucky has has something that they've not had often in the John Calipari era, Jack. When you talk about CJ Frederick and now with Kellen Grady and Dante Allen, just the addition of Frederick as a 47, 46% three-point shooter at Iowa over the course of two seasons. I mean, how, mu- how much better does it get? I-, I really like this fit for Kentucky. Obviously, we've uh, been waiting on this for a while now, and now that it's official, uh, I really like what Kentucky is doing off the ball for this roster. Uh, uh, John Calipari obviously went into this offseason valuing shooters. He he's, he's, he's talked about how the game, you know, has kind of changed, and he, he wants to go at less fewer athletes. Uh, more skill guys, and I think that he's committed to it. I think that this is something now that we've uh, we've heard player we heard Oscar Sheboy talk about the four out one in offense and stuff a few weeks ago, and I think that moves like this tell me that John Calipari is indeed looking at making some changes to the way Kentucky plays. And Kentucky, I think punch for punch could be one of the better shooting teams, not only in the SEC but in college basketball, depending on how they finish out this roster. Absolutely. And we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of it all and, and, you know, numbers and what, you know, what he did at Iowa, kind of how he matches up with the other players UK has in the backcourt. But before we jump into that, I want to kind of break down the timeline of all this because, Sean, we on Friday morning, last Friday morning, we decided to uh, record a, a preview episode of this exact scenario unfolding because we caught wind Thursday late evening that there was a very strong chance that it was going to break on Friday uh, and then it just so happened that the Nolan Hickman news decided to unfold and and I think that kind of ca- caused the the Kentucky program to kind of force their hand to kind of take a step back and kind of reevaluate the timing of how they announce these things and those sorts of things so this this decision has been one that you know, probably like one of the worst kept secrets in college basketball over the last couple of months. I mean, if you go back to, I mean, there were, there were rumblings back in, in like December ish that he was uh, not content with his time at Iowa, that he was, he was thinking about entering the transfer portal that winter during that winter semester, he decided to stick around and, and kind of hold through, maybe wait until the next off season to kind of reevaluate things. And then early February, we kind of caught wind. We talked about this a, a whole bunch and, and, you know, kind of behind the scenes, it was, there were rumblings going, growing quite loud that CJ Frederick was not going to end up returning to Iowa next season and that Kentucky should he enter the transfer portal as expected would be at the top of his list and we talked about you know Iowa fans kind of threw a big fit that there's a chance that he was tampered with or that he was reaching out to UK behind closed doors that when he wasn't allowed to and there you know everybody was talking about tampering 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 Uh, oh UK cheated to get this kid and all that and and 
Sean, it's it's pretty clear that that's not what happened. You know, I, I've talked to people behind the scenes uh, on, you know, on Frederick's side of things, on UK side, and they're like, no, this is, you know, it's this was never even in doubt. This was a situation of Frederick making it known with his close friends, with his close family, that like, hey, I might not be happy where I am. It, very, it really reminds me of the Johnny Juzang situation last or two years ago when Johnny – I, I remember I called you and I told you specifically, dude, I just heard I was at the Hoopal Classic in, I believe, early January of, of last year, right before, um, you know, kind of things just started going hectic and, and the season got canceled and that, those sorts of things. And I remember I called you and I was like, man, this guy just told me that Johnny has his bags packed and he's he's going to transfer out of the program like now like he's ready to go and then I followed up with that guy a couple weeks later he was like yeah I think he's holding off until uh until this offseason he's going to reevaluate almost identical situation where it's a kid that just kind of wants to get back home uh you know return that you know it doesn't didn't really have a final destination nailed down in terms of UCLA back then but this kid wanted to go Johnny Juzang wanted to return close to home it was not a secret at all with those that knew him and kind of knew where he was from those sorts of things identical situations J. Frederick just kind of let it be known with the people that he was close with that, yeah, that would be something that he would explore this offseason. And Kentucky, why would they not be at the top of his list? It's an hour and 20 minutes away from his hometown of, of Cincinnati, uh, you know, less than that from, from Covington Catholic where he has a bunch of friends and, and just people close to him. Why would Kentucky, a prominent, high-profile program, not be at the top of his list? It just – it always made sense for this, for this to happen. And I just don't understand why the Iowa fans got so bent out of shape. I mean, obviously, it's because they lost their best shooter and, and you know, who they kind of anticipated to be one of their biggest scorers this next season. But they, they got all bent out of shape for nothing, Sean. They did. In Kentucky, they're getting a three-point shooter, Jack, who led the Big Ten in three-point shooting as a freshman on 47 of 102 attempts, 46.1%. It's hard to imagine doing better than that, right? Well, well, he did yeah. as a sophomore. Yeah. He actually shot 47.4% as a sophomore, uh, 36 of 76 in 26 games. I don't don't get caught up in the 8.8 points per game at Iowa over the course of his career because you have to factor in that he was on the same roster as Luca Garza. Um, this is a guy that was expected to be maybe Iowa's go-to scorer this coming season if he stayed at Iowa. So I'm not really – Sure, what he's going to do as far as scoring per game averages, what his role is going to be at Kentucky if it's starting or if it's off the bench, all depends on what Kentucky decides to do uh, with the rest of the roster. But I like it, Jack, because there's multiple years of eligibility here. Going into a junior season, C.J. Frederick is a guy that I could see being at Kentucky next season as well. And then we should also add there's a, a COVID blanket waiver there. There's possible three years of eligibility with Frederick. Who knows? if he'll use all those, but I think that is what made him so valuable. That, the fact that he played high school basketball in Kentucky, and he's a knockdown, lethal three-point shooter, all of those things, you check off every single box. This move makes a ton of sense for both sides. Yeah, and I think that was one thing that we kept coming across during his recruiting process and very early on, that he's not worried about coming in and, and being Kentucky's leading leading scorer or getting 15 20 shots a game or he is not making this move for 
for role purposes. He is making this move because he knows that he can play an hour away from home. He can be, you know, have his closest friends and family come watch him play every single game instead of having to fly however long or make that long drive all the way out to Iowa to, to, you know, go see him play in person. He can now have three years if he wants to use them around his closest friends and family. You know, you don't know what his NBA aspirations are, or, uh, you know, what, what his kind of long-term basketball goals are, but however he wants to, you know, however, whatever path he plans on going down a place like Kentucky, where he's a local kid. I mean, think of, uh, they always say, you know, you know, the Derek guys like Derek Willis and Dominique Hawkins, they will never have, they will never worry about a job in Kentucky again. If they ever need a, Hey, I need a, you know, to be a car salesman or I need to go sell insurance or what, whatever the case is, they are always the former Kentucky player that, you know, in local hometown kid that can always get a job around here that will always have the connections and the networking. Those sorts of things are long-term career goals that you can get at a place like Kentucky, especially if you're a local kid. So on that front, makes just just an infinite amount of sense that, that makes so much sense and I, I actually looked at some of the other numbers you're talking about you know kind of uh you know 46.6 percent from three on 3.4 attempts per game last as a freshman and then upped it to 47.4 percent from deep uh, on 76 total attempts as a sophomore so Sean I kind of ran the numbers a little bit leading up to this and kind of doing breakdowns and such of uh, of what this commitment means to Kentucky to put those numbers into perspective Deron Lamb is the all-time leading three-point shooter at Kentucky, uh, just in terms of pure efficiency. He knocked down 47.52% of threes on 303 attempts over the course of his two seasons in Lexington. And then Cameron Mills is second on that list at 47.37% from deep in four, seven, uh, four seasons at Kentucky. So if Frederick comes in and maintains exactly what he's been doing. And that's a big ask. I mean, he's a 47% three-point shooter. It's not easy to just say, keep on being a near 50% three-point shooter. But he could step in from day one, and he'd slide in at number two overall in Kentucky basketball history behind only Deron Lamb, who you and I both know that as Deron, Deron Lamb is known as like if he ever took a three, you knew it was going in. You you had that confidence that no matter no matter what, there was a a strong possibility that that shot was going to fall. And to have that kind of guy back in this program where you can just you know the Jamal Murrays of the world, even the Devin Bookers or the Malik Monks, just those guys that when they get hot and they they're just such pure shooters that to have that reliance and and to, that trust to know. Every time they shoot that ball, there's a very strong chance that it, it's going to fall. That is that is just such a huge help for for this program. Just you know, in this immediately a program that desperately needed shooting, uh, and then just in the long term because there's a there's a chance that we could get them for another three three seasons. So, yeah, it, I mean, just across the board, it is just it's kind of mind blowing how uh, how how important of a of an addition this is for Kentucky. Yeah, and I mean, obviously. Frederick missed some time too at Iowa due to some injuries with his foot and stuff, but uh, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. I know McCaffrey said a few weeks ago before Frederick went into the portal uh, that he was back close to 100% would be resuming workouts. So I, I'm expecting Kentucky to get a 100% healthy CJ Frederick whenever he does step on campus. It's a, another experience piece, Jack, to go along with Kellen Grady, Oscar Shibway. Got to wait and see what happens with Keon Brooks. We, we like what we're hearing there. 
this is a roster that is now taking shape. And depending on what they do at the point guard spot, if it ends up being Ty-Ty Washington, then you see Kentucky starting four experienced pieces, possibly five, if they go to the transfer portal and get a point guard that way. Uh, so you're starting to like what John Calipari is doing with this roster. Obviously, there's still those two to three pieces that need to be added to this before we have the overall picture and kind of get a feel of exactly, is this team a Final Four contender? Is it a second weekend contender? But there's one thing about it. The shooting woes that Kentucky had this past season will not be there in 21-22. There's no way. You have too many shooters already on this roster, and we're talking still two to three available spots. Who, who else do they add? Yeah, that's a great point. C.J. Frederick, 47.4%. Dante Allen, 40%. And Kellen Grady, 38.2% last year uh, from three. And it's on a combined – If when you combine all three of those players and their total – shot attempts from deep this past season they combined for 13.2 attempts per game from three I mean that it's because there's so many there's so many players like even like Olivier Saar you look at Kentucky's all-time uh, all-time record for shooting numbers and those sorts of things and he's included on that list uh, but he only shot I'm going down he, he was 46.15 percent on 26 attempts so like, yeah, you get guys that are technically great shooters and, and good shooters, but they shoot half a three a game or one three a game or whatever. We're talking about three high-volume, high-efficiency shooters that Kentucky now has. has. And we talked uh, over the last, I mean, shoot, month, month and a half, two months even, going date, dating back to the, to the season where Dante Allen was, yes, he's an elite shooter. When he gets hot, I mean, it's pretty tough to, to slow him down. But he's one of those guys that that when he came in the game this past year, UK, it was basically ended up being four on four for Kentucky because the opposing defenses knew, hey, he is the shooter on this roster. Every time he's in the game, you gotta just you gotta lock him up. And it and it basically locked out the it locked out Dante Allen and the the player defending him. So it ended up being a four on four game and Kentucky didn't have the other pieces to match that. They didn't have any other shooters. They didn't have any pure scorers or players that could beat players off the defenders off the dribble, none of those sorts of things. So, you know, when Dante was on the floor, it didn't end up being a net positive. Like it was at times, you know, the Mississippi state game to start, you know, start SEC play. And then the, obviously the game to end the, end the year in, in Nashville, the SEC tournament, when he just kind of went nuts again. Now UK has three of those players that if Cal wants just a, an all-shooting lineup, you know, Kellen Grady has some size to him. Dante Allen can play the three. You know, C.J. Frederick can play the three. However he wants to do it, Cal has the flexibility now to where if UK desperately needs a shot, he can put all three of them on the floor now. He can he can basically give you an all-shooting lineup and say, screw it. You know, Kellen Grady ran a little bit of the point this uh, last year at Davidson. He's kind of experimenting with that. He, he, well, part of the reason why he wanted to come to Kentucky was to kind of explore his role and expand his role a little bit uh, just in terms of showing off what he can do. So if you need him to, to run point guard in short spurts, you know, that's a guy that you can have lead on that front and then have – C.J. Frederick on one side and Dante Allen on the other. You will always be able to find shots that way. Uh, and then yeah, on another front, you know, with, with the point guard situation in such question right now, it, it kind of takes away some of the need at point guard 
for just pure shooting. It's you're, it, you can have a guy that might be more of a facilitator or somebody that is known as a, as a you know true playmaker or somebody that you know you look at a Marcus Carr who's not supposed to announce a, a final decision until July or, or you know we're still several months away from him. He has always kind of been seen as an inefficient, but he's a good you know he's an inefficient inefficient shooter but he can score at will and he's a great you know distributor and playmaker and those sorts of things you can kind of risk adding a player like that to the lineup knowing that you can surround them with elite shooters and that's something that Kentucky didn't have this past year and it's something that UK really hasn't had in quite some time it, it, just having three knockdown shooters on the roster is I mean it's it's something it's just so so valuable for this program uh, just just in terms of flexibility and and just what Cal you know if he wants to toy with the lineup a little bit if you want to go the two big you know kind of anchoring bigs down low with an Oscar Sheboy and a Lance Ware at times or a, you know how whoever else they may add in in the front court whatever however Cal wants to do it he now has the flexibility to do, to do so because you can never have enough shooters Sean and that's something that we've talked about over and over again no. it's finally it's finally here well now you have guys that create space for one another not only on the perimeter but it creates space for Oscar Sheboy uh, so K- Kentucky had, w- we've talked about this for weeks. Kentucky had three major things that they had to address this offseason. They needed a physical big man because they got that in Sheboy. I don't think Damian Collins fits the mold of just a physical specimen. Uh, obviously, with his length and his shot blocking ability and, and athleticism, it's there. But we know Kentucky got pushed around this past season. Sheboy answers the bell there. And then you talk about shooting. You know, you had Dante Allen, now Kellen Grady, C.J. Frederick. The remaining piece is Kentucky needs an elite ball handler who can break things down, get their own when needed, but then set the table for these pieces and these shooters. And whoever this this point guard ends up being, whether it's Tati Washington, Marcus Carr, whoever it is, they're going to benefit from pieces like this being on the roster because of the space that it creates. Everyone benefits when you have a C.J. Frederick, a Dante Allen, and a Kellen Grady spacing things on the perimeter. It's, it's huge for this roster. Another guy that I think could really benefit from this is a Keon Brooks. If Keon decides to come back for that junior season and he primarily plays the four spot and not having to play the three as much, I think he's another guy with his face-up ability and how explosive he can be. Uh, I think that it could be a big move for him as well, adding all these shooters to the roster just because of the overall spacing, something that we saw Kentucky not be able to do this past season unless Dante Allen was on the floor. And even then, that's just one shooter on the floor. And we saw what that did to Kentucky's offense. Imagine shooters now uh, across the board on each side of the floor. Just it, it changes the way Kentucky plays. Yeah, Cal, he talked about the possibility of, of – emphasizing skill and shooting and those sorts of things kind of going back in February and, and when it, when it became very clear that this season wasn't going to be the one that we kind of hoped it would be going into it. He, when he looked at the landscape of college basketball and understood that, Hey, all of the best teams in the nation right now uh, have knocked down shooters at at least three positions, maybe, you know, four, sometimes even five. And we are lucky to have one or two on the floor at any given time, depending on if Olivier Saar is hot or if Davion Mintz is on a, a, you know, a hot streak of his own or if, if um, you know, Dante Allen's on the floor. 
it, it was very clear early that Cal said, you know what, I got to go back to the drawing board because whatever it, we're doing right now is not working. We have to, you know, it, it definitely felt like he understood that the game, the, the current modern day game of college basketball was passing him by ever so slightly because he has always been a person that, you know, has emphasized hey, I'm going to recruit the best athletes in, in, in high school basketball. I'm going to recruit the longest, most freak, uh, you know, strength players. You know, those, those sorts of he, – he looked at pure, uh, you know, Michael Kidd Gilchrist of the world. That, yeah, you know they're not going to be able to knock down shots for you, but they're going to out-muscle you, they're going to out-hustle you, and they're going to dunk on your face. Like those, those type of players have always worked in Cal's system. And, and it's very clear that those – the game is kind of, you know, you look, how many of those players are, are in the NBA anymore? You can, you rarely find players in the NBA that can't shoot anymore and are those pure size, pure athleticism, pure length type guys. And I think Cal finally realized that he's like, you know what, the system that I had been working with in the past, it's just not the one that works anymore. So, you know, we got, we got to put pen to paper on this stuff instead of just saying, yeah, we're going to, we're never going to be left behind on the shooting front again. We're never going to not recruit shooters. You know, it, he, he's always you – know, you, it reminds me of the Archie Goodwin year where he was like, we're never going to let a, a player hold us hostage again. He made one of those quotes. Yeah. But then we've had several of those players in, in recent years that kind of had same, similar issues. This is, was a true, hey, we have these issues on this roster. We're recognizing these issues, and we're going to do whatever it takes to fix them. Cal went out and added two of the best shooters on the transfer market and returned one of uh, the best shooters in college basketball as it was with Dante Allen. And that in itself just, just opens the door for so much for Coach Cal in terms of flexibility and what he wants to do with these lineups. Yeah. It does. And finally, Kentucky basketball gets some good news I mean, after <laughs> Ain't that right. a stretch of bad news here. And, you know, I woke you up last Thursday night. I think you were just settling into bed there. And I was like, hey, I just got some word that Kentucky's in a an even better spot with C.J. Frederick at this moment. And you and I were expecting a commitment to drop last Friday. Yep. And then obviously the Nolan Hickman news, I think, moved that to this week. But uh, – Kentucky is getting a very, very good shooter. It's getting an experienced piece, and I think it's getting a, a guy who is going to take pride in putting Kentucky across his chest. I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head there, and we will end it with that because, Sean, I, uh, there's, there's something, something telling me that, that the good news is just starting for the Kentucky basketball program, and uh, we should uh, – Uh, continue to celebrate that so we will leave it at that and we will be back next time whenever the next big news drops we'll 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 certainly be back and and keep providing these updates and podcasts because i know you guys love them as as listeners and we love doing them as as the host so uh sean i appreciate you for joining us once again yeah and make sure you're staying attached to this feed in the coming days. We're going to be in Memphis covering the Iverson Classic this weekend. Jack and I both will be there. Ty Washington's there. Damian Collins, Bryce Hopkins. Uh, Jack, I'm, I'm going to say we'll have some pretty exciting content coming pretty soon. What do you say? What do you say? I, I completely agree. So, yeah, hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Leave us some, some five-star reviews. And on another note, we have some more interesting ad reads coming in the very near future with the brand new Manscaped. So many new products that just came down the pike for me. They, they sent them my way. And Sean, I, th- I think I might send them to you 
brand new, obviously not, not used brand new for you to kind of give your take on it. We can now share our manscaped ad reads in the future, but we have more of that uh, content for you guys to make fun of us coming down the pike. I know you guys enjoy that and you're always in my mentions and, dms and emails saying how funny it is and, and instead of walking in memphis it'll be manscaped in memphis <laughs> manscaped in memphis <laughs> all right <laughs> this is already off the rails so we will get the heck out of here sean uh, where can fans find your work you can find my work at gobigbluecountry.com and you can follow me on twitter at gbb country you can find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. With that, we'll be back next time, hopefully very soon, for another jam-packed Source to Say podcast. We will see you then. Peace.